All right, so this is the group three for the Socratic Seminar for 1984 and Brave New World. And today we will be discussing uh, to what extent uh, does our society represent a dystopian society. I believe that our current society does not reflect a dystopian society similar to George Orwell's 1984 and Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. But um, as technology improves, uh, some companies and governments will take advantage of people and this will result in our societies approaching a dystopian society similar to 1984 and Brave New World. Um, uh, Matthew, I totally like understand your point about how you don't agree that our society isn't yet a dystopian, but I personally think it's heading towards a dystopian society. And when I think about like in what ways their society is reflected on the dystopian worlds, um, and when I think about that, like the similarities in the technological advancements we have to the societies that we've explored in like class, um, it led me to the question of like, does a current society reflect more upon the technological advancements of Brave New World or 1984 more and why? Yeah, Minji, I totally understand the point you're coming from. When we talk about dystopias, we all know like what they are. For example, they're like tyrannical governments. It could be a place of happiness in which everything's equal. Um, the world, I don't think, will ever get to that point of time. I don't think throughout history we are able to all become uh, one happy family, perfect. There's always something that needs to be not human or needs to be human um, in a society or else it's just going to be kind of kind of weird um, with the technology, um, technological um, advancements. I, I do agree um, because with um, genetically modifying people, I'm, I'm for it um, when it comes to diseases and helping people, but ethical, ethically, how how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, those are great points, Minji and Jana. I feel like ethically we shouldn't try and modify people because it's like natural for people to be born with random characteristics. And if we try and uh, modify those, then some people who can afford these treatments will uh, have a genetic advantage after birth. Uh, this is Matthew, by the way. Uh, what do you think, Maya? Um, I agree with you. I think that by creating a um, a generation of kids that are like genetically different than the rest, it'll create like a really big social divide. And I think that that can lead us toward a dystopian society where you have two classes that are so different, but not just because of wealth, but also because of like their genetic makeup, which I don't think as a society we've experienced. So I don't think that we're quite ready for that. Yeah. I I agree with you. Oh, sorry. I mostly agree with you guys, but also I feel like if we're able to genetically modify babies for they like have no more diseases or like like health wise, I feel like we that that's like a step we should take because that would improve the society. And I don't I like it. It might take away a little bit bit of diversity, but if it saves lives, I'm for that. Yeah, I agree with you, Logan. And uh, something to just to add on to that is I feel like the genetically engineering people would be a great thing, but we need to like set boundaries for it because um, if we don't set boundaries, they'll 
and the lim- the possibilities are kind of endless with what people can do with it. And I just think that we need to set some boundaries. Uh, what were you going to say, Alina? Oh, I definitely think that, you know, genetically, genetically modifying uh, children so they we prevent diseases. Um, I definitely think that's a really, you know, positive thing. But in doing so, it's almost like opening a can of worms because you can be saying, oh, we're, you know, preventing these diseases, but rather, like Maya said previously, we're creating a social divide. And I really don't think that even though, yes, there are many positives to it, it's not ethical. And there, are, and I feel like we could do so many other things to help prevent these diseases or help learn how to treat these diseases rather than just genetically modifying children to do so. What were you saying, David? Um, I was going to say, I don't think we're ever going to go in that direction where we start modifying babies a ton because in the medical industry, they put ethics first. They don't, they try not to do immoral things. They always um, think it through. They always do research. Like in the article assignment, um, there was an article on um, genetic modifying and they were talking about how um, you know, they're kind of holding back. They don't have enough research to see if everything is totally safe. So I don't think we're going to go in a bad direction with genetically modifying. Yeah, I, I agree I with you, but... Um... Oh, I thought, I think that every individual is um, unique in its own way. And going on to like the responsibilities everyone has in their community, society, or government um, to uphold civilization, um, not just to create a, um, like what we like a perfect world, but um, to help the future generation. What do you guys think that um, they the character their responsibilities would be if they want to in the future help the future generation? Um, I was just going to add on to what David was saying. And uh, what I was going to say is that um, I feel like ethically for doctors, they might not want to do it. But in the end, there's always going to be people out there wanna, that want to try and get themselves ahead in society. And if people have enough money, they'll always find a way to make it work. They'll always find a corrupt doc- doctor that's willing to do it, even if it is legal. So if we open up the possibility to genetically engineering people, there are people that are going to take advantage. That's just what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I agree with you, um, Matthew and David. I think um, dystopia is kind of um, a... I feel like it's kind of a version of today's society that's like based on reality, but also um, like viewed viewed through like a lens of exaggeration. And so I don't think we'll ever um, get to like the point where it is in the books. Um, But I guess. So Jenna, going back, I like agree with all of you, Vivian and everyone too, but going back to your question, Jenna, did you mean like the responsibilities we would have if we were to start modifying babies um it's the responsibility so i was saying that since like everyone's an individual and i don't think anyone should change themselves unless 
it's like a medical condition. We don't know how ethical this is yet, but um, what responsibilities do like any of us in our school, community, or society that we're doing to basically um, have society exist? What are we contributing? What do we need to do, basically? Uh, I think for society to progress, there kind of has to be a social hierarchy. There has to be people in power and people with less power. So as like students, we obviously have less power and responsibilities than say a teacher. So uh, I think that we just need to kind of fulfill our roles in order for civilization to remain stable. Yeah, I agree with you, Claudia, but I just have like a question on that. Do you think it's like actually possible to have a world with complete equality? Because like right now, there is like a somewhat of a hierarchy and yeah, it's like we need it. But do you think, is it like possible to have a world with complete equality? I don't think it's possible to have a world um, with complete equality. We read um, that story from Kurt Vonnegut and we definitely saw like what would happen if everyone was equal but at the same time we do need to strive for equality to to have to progress in society because Claudia I do agree with you that we do need some sort of a social hierarchy to continue our society but we do also need more equality so we're not so divided because if we're that divided then we can't progress even with a social hierarchy. I think it's a really good point Alina. I feel like we definitely have to strive for what we want but there there will always be someone that has more of something or sees themselves as better and I think if we try to completely make everybody equal and create a society where we are all equal it will end up in some form of, this, of a dystopian society. Like you were saying about the story we read, I don't feel like that seemed like a perfect society, even though everyone was equal. So I think by creating this, what we call a utopian society, I don't think that it'll necessarily be as perfect as we imagine it being, because there will be a whole new set of problems. Yeah, I agree with you, Maya. And um, what I was gonna say is, like in socialistic societies, it generally doesn't work out because people aren't like as incentivized to do well in life. So when everyone's making the same amount of money, everyone's equal, no one really wants to do great things versus in capitalism, everyone has the opportunity to do well. And when people have that opportunity to do really well, they generally take advantage and put all their effort into it, making society better. Uh, was it Jana that was talking? Oh yeah, I was just, I, I totally agree. And, um, like, as we're saying, if inequality is necessary, uh, necessary for social stability, as suggested, doesn't that create destructive contradictions with our democratic ideal that individuals are equal? Is a question. I think people in general are equal. Like, I think you have a point there, Jenna, like, that we do as a society, like, today, say that we are all equal, and, like, I don't think that when I said that I meant like somebody or some person is better than others. I think there is a hierarchy, not of like, oh, I'm better than you, you're better than me, but of like my quality of life is better due to the effort that I've put in or your quality of life is better, vice versa. And I think that like 
it doesn't necessarily go against what we believe in because Matthew did bring up the point of capitalism. And I think that our society runs because people are striving to be better. And so I don't think we're necessarily like saying that somebody is better than the other. I think we're just saying that in a world where we would be all be equal, that we would be, we would plateau very quickly because nobody would have drive, but someone would create a problem. Yeah, I I totally agree with you because, and it's not like we're going to have different rights. We all have the same rights. We're all equal in that aspect. But as you were saying, like, um, some qualities, like the people that worked harder, they're going to have a better life. Yeah, David and Maya, I really agree with that. Um, I think that there also is some um, inequality in like the opportunities that you have, though, because I feel like um, like systemic racism is a little similar to the caste system in Brave New World, where it was like um, in the caste system, the Upsilons, um, they have less opportunities than the Alphas because like they have different levels of intellect and physical ability. Um, and I think we're it's like in our society, there's policies and institutions that are embedded in our culture that like intentionally discriminate against um, certain groups and provide greater opportunity opportunities for others. Yeah, Vivian, I definitely agree with that. And Maya, I agree with your original statement where you said that we're like, we're all born equal. It's not like we were born with someone's better and someone's worse, but it, it does, there are policies in place that do prevent us um, and other groups of marginalized, other marginalized groups to progress in society. So ideally we want a society that when you work harder, your work efforts are shown in your quality of life. But currently that's not necessarily the case. Um, and that is the vision that we do paint for ourselves, and that is the vision that we want to see, but that is not necessarily currently happening. Yeah, Alina, that makes sense. Um, what I was going to say is that um, comparing that to our to the society and Brave New World, it's more like governmental where they've little, it's written down that these certain people cannot get certain jobs. Versus in our society, it's more of like a mental, stereotypical sort of thing. So that's where I feel like we're not quite at a dystopian society. We have some like dystopian society traits, but we're definitely not like a complete dystopian society yet, if that makes sense. To play devil's advocate, Matthew, do you feel like there has to be a hierarchy for a society to be dystopian? Because look at like 1984, there wasn't really a hierarchy. I mean, there was the government people in control no i actually feel like people who are who are but within the everybody in the middle i don't feel like there was such a social hierarchy but that society was definitely yeah i I get what you're saying and i actually think that most of the dystopian societies we've looked at have been attempting to create equality i think that brave new world is the only one that actually uh split people into different like social castes um, I was just trying to compare a dystopian society that we have learned about to our society just to show that we're not as bad as them. But I would say most of the societies are uh, uh, equal, equal and that's why they don't work. I think everything needs a social hierarchy to a certain extent. 
And even in our society, there definitely isn't a social hierarchy, but it kind of like forms naturally everything. There will always be a social hierarchy where people are above others and that'll push others to try and uh, get to their level. And with hard work, that's like an American ideal. People can uh, get to that level, which is something that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I I agree with you, Matthew. Like, I think um, the dystopian society that we looked over in class, like, they, or, like, they try to make it look like there's no hierarchy, but it's just, the hierarchy is just, like, created over time. Like, well, there really isn't a hierarchy, but there's, like, the party, and then there's, like, the regular society. So you need at least, like, a leader of somewhat in every society, even if the rest of the people in the society are considered all equal. Yeah, I definitely agree uh, with you. And going back to Maya's point in 1984, where we were trying to have no hierarchy, I definitely do think there was a slight hierarchy, but everyone that was in the middle uh, was convinced that there wasn't really a hierarchy, that everyone is equal. Um, and we have seen that in some places, but it was mostly this idea was um, was pushed through uh, by propaganda in the novel 1984. So how do you guys think that propaganda influences our society? I think talk about propaganda, it also like kind of brings up social media because in like throughout like social media it's all like that it's kind of just like influencing like in like a type of propaganda way like i don't know how to explain it but i feel like like influencers and all of that like that's like the propaganda today in our society like how what they like represent and like what we see like people on the internet doing is like yeah. how we yeah. like mm-hmm. and like these books it's like um, it's not just the propaganda of the government or the superiors. It's it even comes from your own peers. It's propaganda when someone believes in something, and a group of society does. Um, once you don't believe in something, you can get outcasted, or you will feel left out, uh, which is shown in these books. And I think that, um, for example, propaganda of smoking having a jewel or a e-cigarette if you're all your friends vape um you might feel as if you are left out and you don't you want to also vape that's another source of propaganda yeah jenna i agree with what you were saying but going back to what logan was saying the media uh kind of influences people especially uh our generation i feel like to a pretty high extent since our lives pretty much revolve around media. Um, As we've seen in the Social Dilemma film, we're more like fixated and reliant on social media. And the film also shows that social media affects our views on ourselves as well as our um, views on others. And it can also influence our political views. So it's like, I feel like it's kind of a form of propaganda because we're always being bombarded with the same information because the algorithms know our like opinions. So we have a false security that everyone else agrees with our opinions. Um, and like 
And the influencers and stuff, they kind of only post the best aspects of their lives. So we're kind of conditioned to believe that like what they have in their lives are completely normal and are achievable. Um, I had a question for you guys. Do you guys think, um, from following what Claudia says, um, do you guys think that people are manipulating media just for us to um, also agree with statements or opinions? Yeah, I definitely think that people are manipulating social media companies. And I feel like the biggest uh, example of that is how... um, how uh, the heads of these corporations are manipulating people so that they become addicted to their products. That way, it's only for their own personal gain. It's not for anybody else. And when they are able to uh, make you addicted to their products, it will result in more money for their company. So I feel like that's what one way that they're manipulating. Does anyone else have an idea of another way that yes, they manipulate it? I absolutely it? agree that they that there is form of manipulation. And if it's not by the companies, the companies do provide uh, the tools necessary for manipulation. So by the companies, we are, uh, as stated in the social dilemma, our attention is sold to advertisers. And therefore that is how they make huge amounts of money. However, they these platforms also do create the basis for other people to have some form of manipulation. And the biggest example that the social dilemma gave was in Myanmar, where the government, when you bought a new phone in Myanmar, the government had pre-installed Facebook. And therefore, it actually created this idea against the Rohingya Muslims in the region and led to a bunch of terror domestic terrorist attacks on these um marginalized groups of people they were a minority and so i do definitely think there is a huge form of manipulation in that happens on social media and it could be in this large scale but it also is in smaller scales where you see when you're scrolling through your feed and you see a bunch of advertisements and then you think later oh that was really cool i want to buy that yeah, yeah I feel like all of this kind of just brings up the question like do you guys think that there's one problem without like with like our like society become going towards a dystopian society I mean, I think this year we can definitely say we've seen it more. Like, we have definitely been, this year, a divided society. So I think we can kind of see us going in a different direction. And I know I'm probably sounding really, like, rude by saying this, but I feel like a society where everyone is equal is where we've gone wrong. Like, this year we've really forced being, or not even forced, like, just brought up the topic of equality a lot and talked about it in school and it's been on the media and everything and I think it has caused a lot of uproar and I'm not saying it shouldn't have or it didn't need to um but I think like why we had said earlier the idea of being a dystopian society and would be creating everybody equal and I think we are trying so hard for that and I think that that's definitely going to lead us down the wrong path eventually that history happened and things have happened and so I think that if we try to just forget it and pretend like we are all equal, you know, we will face some more problems. I feel like um, I, I 
I totally agree with your statement, but um, throughout history, um, getting rid of history and what happened in the past isn't something it's that is right. Like we see in the 1984 books, right? Uh, or book, that's only one, um, that removing history is removing a huge part. You can remove history and all the things that does not make us equal, right? Um, but that will only lead to um, deception, um, deception of textbooks, deceptions of everything. Um, the the most thing that I think that um, really helped, even though I think it's the people who are giving their opinions on how they felt for all these years, and it's just coming out because they're able to speak about it without being being shot in the street or being hurt. I mean, that still happens, but I feel like this this equality thing was very um i'm very grateful for it um even with all the things that are going on regarding the asian hate crimes i'm glad that people are standing up for me um and basically vouching for equality but i i totally understand where you're coming from maya because that also like we we could strive upon the wrong path and being too sensitive about everything so i also agree yeah, I um, definitely agree with you. Sorry, um, I do really, um, I do understand your opinion on the fact that we can go wrong ways with equality, and we can, and like Jaina said, like we do erase our past. You know, there are so many. We leave, it leaves us so vulnerable for um, manipulation. But I do also think that in we will become more like a dystopian society if we don't try to push for equality because we do need some, we do need to close the gap. There's a huge separation in our society and that is what, in my opinion, is what is leading us toward a dystopian society and striving for equality is something that is critical in our society so we avoid um, a dystopian like we've read in so many um, of our novels and watched in. Um, Alina, so I have a real quick question to add on to that. When you talk about equality, are you talking about the equality of opportunity or like true equality in, uh, in um you know what I mean? Like in wealth, because I view equality as more of opportunity, because if it's not, then like those socialistic societies, it'll be unsuccessful because no one has the uh, drive to do anything great. So what do you think, Alina? Yes, Matthew, I do think that there needs to be equality and opportunity. And no, I don't think economically we should have um, socialist policies, but I do think that in the sense of public education, we do need, um, there do there does need to be some equality, great equality of opportunity so everyone has the chance to, uh, and like we were saying earlier, like we all, um, come from like our hierarchy is based on whether who works harder and I think with equal opportunity that is what we will see rather than what we have today 
I completely agree with you, Alina, that we need to like strive for quality. Um, but going back to kind of what Jana was saying, like if people in power are just manipulating history to create equality, that isn't really going to work. I feel like manipulation often leads to a corrupt and dystopian society. So uh, how can we ensure that those in power have like pure intentions? I would say that there's no real way to ensure that the person in power doesn't have the right intentions, but instead I think we should back them up with like a cabinet, like how the U.S. does it, with honest people, and then that will ensure that they don't make the wrong decision. That's why like dictatorships don't work, because if you have one person in power, then it's then it's only him, if that makes sense. What were you going to say, Maya? I was going to go back to a generous thing about, she said she brought the topic of deception, which I think was really interesting. Um, she talked about removing history from our textbooks. Um, I don't think that's something we've touched on yet. And I think that definitely makes a dystopian society. And we saw that a lot in both the novels, as well as some of the other sources we read. Um, I think that when we remove stuff from our history books, we um, act as if it didn't exist, which I think will create more problems because as a society, we, and I'm sure like if there were past parts of 1984 and Brave New World, there would have been mistakes. And I think by hiding them, we definitely go down a darker road because we're not going to take ownership for them, which says a lot about our society. But I think it also shows a lot of uh, mistake that we are not taking ownership for and it's hiding it from our future generations, which I think can cause history to repeat itself. I also, I also feel like with the history books we have now, we put a lot of trust into it, which in our society today, like trust is more scarce for we like, not only like when we're going through social media or reading an article, everybody seems to like second guess it and, take more of a second to believe it but when with like history books and that it's just it's it's like the truth and you can't you can't argue with it well it's not necessarily because um all i was going to say is that history textbooks can be biased based on the author that wrote them like most of them aren't first-hand sources of like the war let's say it's not like a soldier on the battlefront it's somebody who's writing about what he's heard about the war so uh, were you going to add anything to that, Logan, or? Um, uh, Okay, um, so basically, I, I totally agree. Um, it's already implemented in certain ways. Like, I believe, was it the state of Alabama? They didn't want to teach slavery. They wanted to, like, um, kind of cushion it when teaching it to kids about what slavery um, really was. As well, I know, I know uh, in Japan, some history about um, certain things they, when they uh, did conquer Korea and part of China, they do center the information on what they have done. Um, I I know firsthand because I I know I have a lot of friends in Japan as, um, and they have no idea uh, any any of that history. Um, They know parts of it, but they don't know like the full extent of what happened. Yeah, I think this kind of relates to whether or not objective truth is a reality. So I kind of, I think that objective truth truth can be classified as a reality. 
Since if the truths come from like an impartial and unbiased source, they're more likely to provide kind of proper facts. Like, like you guys were saying, like it's not kind of corrupt. Um, and they can be actually closer to reality since they're credible. But if society relies on truths coming from corrupt or biased sources, it can't function properly. So this is like, it's kind of like in 1984 when everyone gets their information from the party. Like the party is obviously a corrupt source and they they kind of condition everyone to believe that two plus two is five, when in reality, this isn't true. So it's kind of like the history textbooks where we just kind of believe anything that they say has to be true. Yeah, exactly, Claudia. And, you know, just talking about all the history and how easily we believe um, most of what is fed to us, especially if it comes from, you know, a trusted source. If we're really close with somebody and they tell us something, uh, we don't really tend to second guess it. Um, so that actually makes it really hard for us to really decipher, well, what is what is the truth or is it a lie? And so my question to you guys is how do you decipher the difference between a truth and a lie? Or is there always a partial truth in every lie? I think the only way you can really catch a lie is if you know anything about that subject. Like you can talk to your mom, for example. I know this is really funny. And then she'll say, uh, do this, do this, I'm always right. You believe her because she's your mom and she's telling you this is right. However, it could be wrong, but you know, we don't really, we can't, we don't really catch that. It's usually when you have a mentor or someone, uh, even a stranger who looks educated on the topic, you'll believe them because you don't know too much information about it. So you'll just go along with what they say. Yeah. yeah. Um, it totally depends on what you know about the subject. Like, if I were to try to decipher between something was a truth or a lie, I would do more research because, you know, I'm not an expert on everything. So the only way that I can figure out if what they're saying is true is if I learn more about that. Yeah. Yeah, you know. to validate that information, I feel like if you look at different sources from different sides of the argument, you can make a more informed decision on what you think is right. Yeah, I agree with you, Matthew and David. I, but I, and then I also think, like, even if you ha like you do those research, you can still be somehow like, like the person, like you can be manipulated by that person to think of a certain, like, a think of a different answer. Like they can somehow convince you to think, like, the answer or like the truth is different. Yeah, Menji, I agree. I think it's um, a little frustrating because it's, I feel like, um, like even with altered images and like photo manipulation, a lot of those appear on like news outlets. And I think those are kind of marketed as um, places that are supposed to um, show you reports of actual events that happen. But sometimes um, even in like things, sorry, um, even in like, um, things like news outlets and history textbooks that like you think are supposed to tell you the truth, there might still be bias in um, those. So I guess you just kind of have to watch out and look, watch out, I guess, and yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it, that's really 
something that we don't even think about too much like how is this really truth and all honesty we are way less cautious than we ought to be but if we are always you know do we always try to seek the truth or do we are we always just trying you know to go the easier route and if we do go the easier route or always try to seek truth well what are we causing i think we do always try to take the easier route i think unbeknownst to us because if um alina had a piece of gossip for her say like and she were gonna tell me like i would trust her not because it's coming from her but because she has this power over me she knows something more and like jenna said like your parent knows something more they have more power over you and i think that's something that over time we've started to just believe that somebody who knows more who is more power whether even if you are equals they know something more they're like a step above you i think that is definitely a risky path that we're taking because if we as a society take uh, information from just about anyone i think that's really like an issue for what we're going to believe and yeah mm-hmm. i think no i'm looking you can go no, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say we should have done that, but you can add something. Oh, oh yeah, I was just gonna say that. Um, I also have the power to say that we are. I think that we're done with our podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you guys have a nice day. Bye.